The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Of course, we are broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. PJ Conrad joins us with trade-offs. First of all, cool shirts. I have to start out with that because you guys really hit the marketing game square on. Well, I'll tell you what, this farmer has a drink in his hand, and uh, I think some of the guys out there that can't get planted might have more than one drink in their hand at this point. So It is absolutely crazy. Let's talk about the wild ride that we saw in today's market. Some double-digit gains. We had started out overnight kind of on a mixed market, and it just took off. It really did. I think after yesterday's session, uh, there was some talk, oh, is, is this over? Is the rally finally done? And then today, we stepped back in the overnights, opened down about three or four, and then we kind of moonshot a day up 16 and finally breaking that 4.49 and three quarters barrier from a closing aspect. And that, I believe, is a five-year high from a closing basis. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens going into next week. I know or into tomorrow and tonight trade. I know you go back, we, we tested that level in 2015 and 2016, and never did break through. So to see that, we're, I'd assume that you see some more fun covering going into the rest of the trade this week. But what an exciting time. You know, if, if you can't get planted, obviously it's frustrating, but the trade's trying to tell you we're going to incentivize you to plant because we still do need the corn. When you start talking, what, I think 39 million acres, they said had to be planted on Monday, remaining on corn. So... And we've had a lot of rain this week, so to expect a lot of widespread planting to be done is probably unrealistic. So strap in, and, and I said it two weeks ago, this makes it fun. You know, 17 sessions now and 99 cents later, we're here we are. It has absolutely been crazy. And, you know, you look at the markets, you look at the outside market influences. And I was talking about this yesterday with Sue Martin, that it's kind of nice to be have, able to have a market trade. We're not talking really a lot about China. Finally, right? Knock on wood. <laughs> For now. Until the G20 summit, I think what that's end of the month. And honestly, at the end of the day, China didn't have a whole lot to do with corn and beans rallying here. Uh, what well, we came off 791 the July to 887 now, and that 791's been a few weeks ago. But an incredible week in the bean market too. I think the biggest thing with corn was going to be interesting going forward. Is ethanol is going to have to start slowing down? I mean, their their margins can't be as strong as what they were. And I haven't seen an updated chart lately, um, but that's going to start coming into effect. And cattle prices, like we talked about before we got on air, have taken a hit again today. And I'm not saying guys aren't going to feed cattle, but these prices sure make it harder to where, where cattle prices are at and where grain prices are at, too. You talk about the ethanol market. We know that there is a looming deadline, uh, tomorrow being the end of the month. June 1 is when we start the summer driving season with the hopes that we have E15 year-round. And that's... Is that putting any pressure at all on this market? You know, I don't know. I, the, the interesting part is we can have it, but it's not mandated. And so what incentivizes these gas stations to actually offer it? Now, if you're in the central U.S., I think obviously your consumer wants it. But if you're in the coast, does the consumer care either way? I guess that that's kind of the end-all question. But we are coming into higher demand season, and hopefully ethanol can remain become profitable at these levels but it's you know when you talk a short five months ago we were concerned about a lot of ethanol plants closing their doors and now we're 70 cents higher 
that's what's concerning. So you start rolling that ahead. I think this corn price doesn't care about demand today. Okay. But another 30 days down the road. I mean, to be all, in all honesty, in 30 days, we're going to tell a lot of the story on acres, and that's going to become an old story, whether it's it got planted on June 20th or it didn't get planted at all. And then at that point, it becomes a yield conversation and a demand conversation. And I think we're really good at rationing demand, especially when our, our friends down south had a heck of a corn crop as well that the rest of the world can draw off of. And also, we can draw off of and import to our own country too. And this thing's going to have a cap, but I don't know what that cap is right now. There's been so much talk, um, water cooler talk at this point, about prevent plant and where we're going to be, what the last possible date is that they could be planting corn. Even though we've passed that date here, we know that Iowa still has some time to get into that window. But is there going to be an incentive there for the soybeans to kind of kick back and and look at what's happening in corn and just say, hey, we're just going to hang out and see what happens with this market to know if we're going to see the bean acre switch? You know, a lot of guys are, from what I've heard, it's June 10th to June 15th is kind of that cutoff date out east of what they're thinking they will plant corn. If the price has a five in front of it, does that go to June 20th? I mean, I don't know. That's the question. And then also, everyone talks about prevent plant. And I guess some things that I've read is we're going to experience prevent plant in areas that don't ever have prevent plant. Mm-hmm. So how educated are those agents on prevent plant? And so are they going to say you're better off planting a soybean on June 25th than you are taking corn prevent plant? That's a question that every producer has to ask themselves. What price are you willing to plant corn at at a yield drag? And what price are you willing to just take the PP and go on down the road? And that's tough for some producers because you've got the emotional side of it. You know, that maybe they've already made marketing plans for new crop corn and they're thinking, how am I going to fulfill this if I don't get a crop in the ground? Obviously, a big deal. I mean, you, hopefully, you're if you're if you're hedging the board, you can roll it out to next year. I mean, you wouldn't do it now at a thirty, forty cent inverse. You know, at some point, the market's going to take a breather and really take a hard look at where we're at. But today, we're caught up in rains, and I think they said in uh, Illinois last night, I think DeKalb County, I want to say they were had a thirty percent chance of rain and got two plus inches, and. Rain creates rain, just like a drought creates more drought, and that's the environment we're in. So until something tur- turns the worm, which it looks like another weather event coming across those same areas on Friday, Saturday, and then a drying out period for about four days, but not overly hot, 70s, low 70s, and then there's another rain event. It's just a matter of where that hits, and that's the million-dollar question. If that doesn't hit in the right spots, guys will get it corn in the ground no problem, but if it hits in the same spots it has been, it follows the same pattern. We could have some, you know, we're obviously already in uncharted territory, but it could get a lot worse. All right, well, stick around. We've got more coming up. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are in Lincoln today, of course, from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff here on the Rural Radio Network. PJ Conrad joins us from Trade House. Let's pick up soybean market. Um, you were talking a little bit about, and we kind of hinted as we were talking corn and the corn versus bean acres, but the beans have got such a strong tie to what's happening on the livestock side, especially with these hogs. We're going to see a lot more tandem trading maybe going on? Yeah, I think so. And also just, you know, haven't really, we've talked a lot about what's going on in the market, but not really ways to, you know, maybe attack what's going on and take advantage of it because, the biggest thing you get in these type of markets, it's easy to 
dig your feet in and say, I'm not going to sell till we get to five, or I'm not going to sell until beans get to 10. That's the worst thing you can do. You got to keep selling into it and keep your upside open. And, and however you want to do that's your, your way of getting after it. You know, I kind of like selling some futures here and buying calls and giving yourself that upside. In the soybean market, it feels like we finally had life after having no beans down at 850 to 860 for such a long time and now back at 913. And not that that's a price that you're going to do backflips over by any means, especially with where nearby basis is for new crop on that. But the biggest thing about that is it could be a heck of a lot worse. Regardless of anything with China, whether it happens or not, African swine flu has wiped out their demand. And so even if they come back in the market, I don't want to stat this exactly, but I think they said Brazil or South America's exports to China were off 40 to 50% in the month of May versus where they were a year ago. That's due 100% to African swine flu, nothing to do with the trade war. So you put all that into consideration, beans could easily have a seven-handle in front of them. So this type of spring we're having is probably giving us opportunities that we would have never dreamt of 45 days ago. So now the time is to capture them. I think on beans, you can do a couple different things. I've been looking at buying some you know, short-dated puts and selling some calls with it to give yourself a, a floor and a ceiling. I think that's a good strategy moving forward and get quite a bit of that production kind of locked up. And I know there's always that uncertainty of, A, I have it planted and it's underwater. B, it's underwater and it's you know not planted which you're probably taking prevent plant, but you still got to be proactive, and it's hard to do. I mean, no doubt. I, I, I sympathize with, with the farming community in the sense that it's been a tough four years here, and so there hasn't been a ton of money being made, and so now we're getting to prices where you feel like you can make some money again, and so you kind of want to hold out, not necessarily hit the high, but, but really have a good year, and all of a sudden you're getting a lot of weather with it, but that's the, the nature of the beast in farming is typically when you have these price action, it's either a demand shift like we had in the 2008 through 2012 or a, a supply issue, which we're having now because of a wet, wet spring. So my biggest thing is like, hey, let's go out, get aggressive on 19, what you're comfortable doing, maybe do that and then use some sort of options that are more flexible to get out of um, if you don't have that crop to at least protect yourself. And by all means, look ahead to 2020 at any given moment, especially on the corn side of things. If corn it does have the kind of issues it, it sounds like we're going to have, and, and these prices run, just throw a number out what you want to call in your head four seventy five to five twenty five. We're going to plant so much. We're, we'll plant plant corn from D.C. to California next year, mm-hmm. and we'll take care of the supply problem in one year. <laughs> it's a good way to put it. As we look over at the livestock side, can we blame the way the cattle market traded today on the gains we saw in the grains, or is there some underlying? Or what is going on? I mean, they took it really hard. They today. did. They weren't that bad. You know, this morning they were off a dollar, dollar ten, and I don't know really why we crashed so hard. It was probably mid to late day during trade. It just plummeted. I haven't heard what cash traded at. I don't know if you have, Susan, but I wonder if some of that might have a factor into it. Um, typically, we will kind of bottom out, though. I mean, seasonally, we'll start hitting some lower lower prices in here and kind of rally off that. Biggest thing being, hopefully, demand picks up. I mean, demand's been good, but hopefully it continues to pick up. And as we come into the summer grilling season and everything else, and with the hog situation going on, as much as we're exporting, I guess long-term you got to be optimistic as a cattle feeder that domestically we'll eat more beef as opposed to pork. Chicken would be your other option, but that's a nervous bird, so we don't want to eat that. 
<laughs> you know, you look at the the spread. We, you know, African swine fever moved to North Korea, so we know it's in another country. Is that making this hog market a little nervous as well? You know, that's probably. I mean, most definitely. Anytime you start getting some, the more countries that get involved in this, the more serious it becomes long term. And I guess, at what point does it hit America? Hopefully, never. But if it does, that's something you got to prepare yourself for. And what that does to the markets could be devastating, which even goes to more of the point of getting stuff sold at these type of levels. Because when you got to expect the unexpected, two and a half weeks ago, we were at 365 on Dease corn, and it felt like we were going to 345. Next thing you know, two and a half weeks later, we're at 451 and three quarters. Yep. So expect the unexpected just when uh, hogs are going the way they are. Things can turn on dime. So just keep your head on a swivel and, and uh and have a good time. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, PJ? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7501 or find us on any social media platform at GoTradeOS or go to our website at GoTradeOS.com. And that is the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.